Have you ever asked the question, why? Why do we celebrate Easter Sunday? Why do we look at it and, and have just a, this time of year where, man, we come together, we bring our families together? The, the question is, why? I think there's three areas for me that, uh, that I think about as far as my relationship with Jesus. It's things I struggle with. I struggle with death. I shouldn't say I struggle with it, but I struggled with death. And fear. Fear is a big one because there's a lot of things that you and I try to do and we, we get worried about it. We struggle. We, we fear things. And then there's the, uh, the whole area of sin. And some of us aren't even aware of sin. We kind of think about sin and we go, you know, it's just a part of who I am. It's my life. It's always going to be a part of me. And, and that's what I want to share with you today about the why why we celebrate Easter. It's funny, we, uh, we kind of put together some fun things. The, the Easter egg hunt was a blast yesterday. The Lord gave us great weather right till the end, which was really neat, and just a lot of fun people showed up. I, get, I always get to see people I haven't seen for a long time. And this morning, we brought Krispy Kremes for you, and, and I said to one of the parents, as they were going, you gotta, you gotta eat these Krispy Kremes because I don't want to take them home. She said, if you make my kids eat any more of these, you're taking my kids home. <laughs> so I, I thought, you know, that's good, but man, make sure you, you grab some on your way out just to kind of celebrate Easter. But Here's the thing about Easter to me. We all know facts. We know about the, the Easter story. We, we, we're pretty good at it. We can probably rattle off a few things. We've been, for the last seven weeks, working through the book of John and his idea of Jesus on his journey to the cross. And one of the things that, that he talked about was all the kind of human characteristics that were going on around his journey to the cross. Greed and jealousy and, and anger and bitterness and all these things that were happening. And yet Jesus just knew that his big picture in life was to proceed to the cross for you and me. Why do we celebrate Easter? We celebrate Easter because we know exactly what Jesus has done for us, but then we have to take one step further, which is we need to make sure that that which he's done for us becomes a part of our lives. There's some verses of scripture this morning that I want to share with you. And they are, there's three different passages. You'll see them on the, the, the screen. And this service, I'm going to read them off my iPad because it's just a little, there's so many lights going everywhere here. I can't see my Bible. I'm just going to be honest with you. But here we go. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started to the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus, around his head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. One more that I love. Luke 24, verses 5 to 7. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be rose again. Rose again. Here's what Paul said, raised again. For I received, for what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance. This is 1 Corinthians 15. 
That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of, the, of brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. What I want you to catch this morning on Easter Sunday is that Christ's, because Christ conquered death, his resurrection gives us victory. And he told us that. He told us that that's what he was going to do. He began to, to share with his disciples what it meant to, to understand this idea of rising from the dead. Timothy Keller wrote a book. It was called The Real God. Timothy Keller, he's now retired, but he's a great pastor, writer out of New York. Just, if you ever get a chance to read his material, you'll really like it. He said, one of the hardest things for people to understand is this idea of coming back from the dead. It's, it's something that, I mean, think about it. You and I sit here and we think, no, it's, it's just not going to happen. Here's this death. Here's this finite thing happening. And, and so for them to say, hey, uh, this guy came back from the dead was just a very difficult thing to understand. Maybe that's where some of, some of us live today. By the way, great to have those of you who are with us online. We're so glad you, you tuned in with us today to celebrate Easter. We love having you with us. And maybe that's something you struggle with too. It's this whole idea of how can anybody come back from the dead? And so Timothy Keller said, the problem is that's where a lot of people stop. They struggle with that concept. They say, it can't happen. I'm not going to believe. And so they, they walk away from Christianity at that very point. I see three things that the empty tomb from Jesus raising again gives us. And the first one is victory over death. Let's build around this for a minute. So many stop here because they just can't understand. Even in time when Jesus was on earth, the people of that day could not accept someone rising again while they had to still suffer with illness and discouragement and life. Because of the empty tomb, we have victory over death. Listen to the verse, and you see it on your bulletin, but you'll see it on the screen. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of God's sacrifice of his son, we have victory over death. There's a gentleman by the name of Gary Habermas. Gary Habermas is a scholar. He's a biblical scholar. I was introduced to him. Our staff was introduced to him by our children's pastor, Heidi, who recently was at a conference where he spoke. Here's the thing about Gary Habermas. I'll call him Gary. I can't call him Habermas. That doesn't really sound too good. But anyway, here's the deal. You know what he's known for? He's a biblical scholar. His study, his, his area of expertise is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you like to put that on your business card? I'm an expert on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He studies the resurrection of Jesus Christ and has amazing things. He, he, in, his, in this article that I read by him, there are five areas that he calls, he, he describes as the resurrection boom. And it's like when these things happened, the whole concept of the resurrection just took on a whole new meaning. I still liked it. I'm an expert on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. One of the areas that I liked was this. He said there's three things. It's called homologia, which is the Greek word, and it means this, everybody in one accord. It's the common consensus of the people of Jesus' day. There were three things that, that happened so that the resurrection of Jesus was a huge, huge thing. Deity, death, and resurrection. The deity that the, the believers around Jesus' time had to come to, they had to arrive in the fact that he was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus was a part of the Trinity. Why do you, why you say is that such a big thing? Because you and I can easily put aside the facts that we don't think are important that are very important. Knowing that Jesus is God is extremely helpful in that relationship with him. So if that's where you find yourself in this area this morning, kind of doubting that, the early believers said, hey, this has got to happen. The second one was, so deity, then death. 
And here's, here's what was interesting. You know and I know. You've read enough of the scriptures to understand if, if you're into the scriptures, which I hope you are, that one of the things people said was, you know, there's a lot of theories around Jesus' death. He didn't really die. The disciples took him away. He, was, he went to sleep. He kind of faked his death. And you know that's not true. We read about that last week, how they knew he was dead. They didn't even break his legs. They knew he was dead. They said that, that, that Joseph of Arimathea put him in a, a tomb somewhere and nobody could find him. All these lies were swirling around. The early believers said, hey, we need to step up to the plate and say this. He's dead. Why is that important today? Because if you and I realize when Jesus in his ministry proclaimed all the things were going on and then he died, it was a very important step for the church to say, yep, we believed in it because then what happened was he was raised again. The resurrection happened. So we got deity, we got death, we got the resurrection. I got to talk to Gary. He's got to come up with a D word. He just didn't quite do that. Could have been deity, death, and some really cool D word then he would have fit into my way of speaking. But anyway, that, that, that's neither here nor there. If you haven't been coming for a while, come back and you'll know what I'm saying. This morning's a different thought. And here's what I, here's what I like. The early believers made a commitment and said, hey, we're going to say, we are going to say together, we are going to be unified. It's a common expression in our, in our following, in our body of believers, that we believe that, God, that Jesus was God. We believe that he, he uh, died and that he rose again. You can turn on any Christian program today on, on TV, especially on Easter Sunday, and they're going to talk to you about Jesus coming back from the dead. And how amazing that is. And, and you just saw a great cardboard testimony uh, video clip about how victory, what it does in people's lives. And what, mean, what it means to me so much is these are people that I know and love. And to see how that's what God's victory means in life. Then to hear Ruth's testimony, it's just a continual miracle of victory. And sometimes we just take that for granted. We don't really understand it. So we've got, we've got that victory over death. And then what we need to realize is that there's a, um, the empty tomb also talks to us about victory over fear. With God, we will gain the victory. And I like this verse. I'm going to explain it to you in just a minute. It's Psalm 60, verse 12. And he will trample down our enemies. Think with me about victory over fear. Fear affects so much of what we do and don't do. Christ gives us victory. He will trample down our enemies, our fears. And one of the things you think about in, in scriptures, you're going to go, okay, Lord, I, I'm, I'm afraid of taking this test. You trample it down. I don't have to take it. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is those enemies that want to bring fear into our lives, he gives us victory over so that on a daily basis, we experience that, that joy that comes from his victory. That's what you saw in those testimonies. That's what you heard. He will trample down. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or who gives me strength. What fears today are driving your life? There's no room for fear, 1 John 4.18 says in the message. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment is not one yet fully formed in love. Let me give you the blessing today of God's love in your life. To know that his love gives us the ability to have fear cast out, to have fear go away. Some of us have, have never gotten past fear in our lives. And because we can't get past it, we can't allow Jesus to come in in a way that just allows us to experience that victory. God, God's love helps cast out fear. Read a story in a book that we're doing as a staff, and, and it talked about during the, the slavery, time of slavery, and the abolitionists and all the people that were working. And there was a gal by the name of Sojourner Truth. And here's what I like. 
Because sometimes we get so afraid of what we're supposed to say about Jesus to other people. And this is what she said. This is a gal who was, was an African-American who was very involved in the slave, abolishing slavery. And somebody came to her and said, you're a preacher and you just seem to have so many good things to say. And she, they go, how do you do it? She says, well, I don't read. In fact, she said, when I preaches, she said, I has just one text to preach from and I always preaches from this one. My text is, when I found Jesus. And then she shares. We're here on Easter Sunday and we're answering the question why. And one of the questions, one of the answers to the question why is, why am I not telling people when I found Jesus? Am I hung up with the fear of death? Am I hung up and struggling with fear? And then the third one is he, he gives us victory over sin. And listen to Titus 2, 11 through 13. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all the wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Did you catch that? Our victory from the empty tomb gives us the ability to seek forgiveness and to say no to ungodly lives. And again, some of you have walked in the door this morning thinking, this is what I'm going to hear when I come to, to church on Easter Sunday. This is all the things you can't do. And what I want you to hear today are all the things that you can do. And as you say no to these things, you begin to realize that God's victory gives you freedom over death, the fear over fears, and now over sin. Victory from Christ's resurrection to me or in me and to me means that I can live victoriously over my sin. It doesn't have to control me. I've been redeemed. And that's where we get caught today. We, we lose sight of the fact that in that redemption value that God gives us, we step into a world and we feel guilty and we feel unworthy. We feel unwanted. We feel unloved. We feel unneeded. We feel unnoticed. And what we realize today is that God gives us victory over all those feelings. Here's the other thing I like about victory. It gives me the chance to share with those around me what it means to know Jesus in a very personal way. Why do we celebrate Easter Sunday? Why? Because maybe some of us struggle in the area of death. We've lost loved ones. We've lost loved ones and we're not sure where they are. And we're worried in our own lives about this whole concept of death. He gives us victory over death. And then fear. Fear stops us all the time. Just simply moving forward in life. When our fears are so great in our lives, we, it, it, it just kind of mesmerizes us and it stops us. And he's telling us that the empty tomb gives us the ability to overcome fear. In Germany, the Lutherans, Years and years and years ago, celebrated what they called Eastertide. Eastertide is this. You know what they did? You ready for this? Those of you who always nail this because the Easter bunny isn't really anything spiritual, it was called the Easter hare. And they painted eggs to celebrate an empty tomb. And that kind of started the, the societal celebration of the Easter bunny. Those eggs revealed the fact that they were celebrating an empty tomb. Is that how you're living today? Is that where you can put your hope and your trust and your joy in that kind of a lifestyle? Or are you still struggling? And you know what? I'm human. There's things I worry about. There's things I struggle with. 
There are things that, that I want the Lord to make right, and there's things that, that I pray about and weep about because I, I see things time and time again, and yet I know that the victory he gives me because of the empty tomb allows me to experience that. This morning, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to the Lord, and we're going to do it in, in a way that, that I'm really excited about. As the worship team comes forward, I've asked them to sing one of my favorite songs. It's become a favorite song of mine in the last several months. And I want you to catch the video and the words, and when we're done, I'm going to come back to you, and I'm going to share with you what it means to me to share Jesus with other people. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you.